what a beautiful day it is. I, I, I always forget how much I love boating until I'm out here on the lake. Adrian! I'm trying to have some time off. Can you leave me alone? I never get time to go boating. I've got us a big meeting. Look, I told you, can I have one day off out of... Back to shore. It's in half an hour. I'll come back to shore if you can answer me one question. What's the question? How come you can hear me if I'm talking, but you have to shout? Big Meeting by Pete Gamori and Adrian Hyatt. We've had some good meetings. Yes. We've got to prove we can do this for real. Yeah. We've got to make a short film. I've met two actors. They've said they want to be in short films. And if we can convince them that our ideas are good enough, they might do it for free. So we're going to meet these guys in half an hour. Half a... What do you mean half an hour? My shoes are still wet. We're meeting them in Fitzrovia in half an hour. Let's think about the ideas that we want to pitch these guys. Right. Because it's got to be stuff that they want to do for their portfolio. And then they'll do it for free. This is brilliant. I'm ready. Hey guys, it's great to see you. Thanks for coming in. Really excited to be here. Yeah, I can't wait to hear what you've got to say. Kate, Anna, this is Adrian. Adrian, this is Kate and Anna. Hello. Hi. Hi. We, we are each going to pitch you a couple of ideas. There's lots to choose from. So whichever one you vibe with the most is the one that we'll go with. It's okay if there's one you don't like because there's going to be loads that you do like and we want to make something that matches your artistic integrity. Great, that sounds fantastic. Okay, awesome, yeah. Cool, well, let's just go for it. You go first. Okay. First of all, how much do you guys know about hovercrafts? Not much, to be fair. No? Hovercraft enthusiast Olivia Coleman travels all over the world to try out every type of hovercraft in existence. Wait. The only one... No, carry on. Wait, Olivia Coleman is acting as someone who is a hovercraft enthusiast? That's an excellent question. That's open to debate at this stage, so I'd love your input on, on whether you think she should be playing herself, playing someone else, or whether someone else should be playing her. Is Olivia on board with this already, then? She will be as soon as she's seen it, no oh, question. Okay. One of you guys could play Olivia Coleman. Oh, that's quite a big ask, but I would be up for that. Well, I mean, we're both about 30 years younger than her. Are we like a young Olivia Coleman here? Or? Well, we could go two ways with that. Either you could play Olivia Coleman younger, or we could do some sort of CGI makeup thing to make you look her current age. Do you know in uh, uh, okay, yeah. on Oxford Street, they have quite a lot of shops where people sell masks of the Queen or of Mr. Bean and- yeah. the eyes cut out. With the eyes cut out. Yeah, but that wouldn't work for my acting because most of my face wouldn't be visible. It yeah. would just mm. be my mouth. Mm. Well, yeah. What if you were sort of in shadow for the entire film? So yeah, what if you again, never saw your face at all? I wouldn't really be recognised, would I? And I think as much as I want to support the film, I also want to be able to tell people that I was in it. She travels all over the world to try out every, ca every type of hovercraft in existence. The only one she hasn't tried is owned by a reclusive billionaire, also an option for one of you. Um, she wants to gain access to the hovercraft hangar, but the billionaire insists she pass a series of tests to gain access. The tests are all paper-based. She fails the final test, which is a maths one, and never sees the hovercraft. What? No, that's... What? No one would believe that Olivia Coleman couldn't do maths. I don't think that's believable. So. We believe in your acting talent to make people believe that. So just to be clear, you, as Olivia Coleman doing a paper-based maths test and failing it and then being very sad about not seeing a hovercraft. 
Do you think this is a bit too complicated? I think it's, it's way too, way co- too I, complicated. I think go to the next pitch. Yeah, I, I just think you lost me at um, Hovercraft, that, to be that, honest. That's absolutely fine, but you're going to regret moving on to the next pitch when I tell you the, the last, very last line of the pitch, which is the final scene is a Hovercraft-themed wedding. Would you maybe just give us some feedback on our Hovercraft voices? Because that would be really helpful. Yeah. Go for it. <coughs> I wasn't thinking of actual words. I was thinking more of a kind of thing. Well, let's put it to Which these guys. Um, the fan don't or the voice? Don't give up the day job. Yeah, I, I think... Stick um, to writing. I've got things to do today, so can we move on to the next okay. pitch, please? Fair yeah. enough. Totally understand. Totally understand. Pete, take it away. I mean, that one will clearly get made anyway. Yeah, I know. We'll, we'll, we'll sell that to someone. This film is called The Pact. Okay. It's a good name. Two friends make a pact to climb Ben Nevis. Chariza, the angrier of the two, gets angry when Mirabelle, the other one of the two of them, says she can't do the climb until her big deal at work has gone through. Chariza then hides in the bird room and sabotages Mirabelle's business opportunity so they can go away together. But it all goes wrong and the two reconcile over one-on-one backstreet horse polo matches as the sun sets over Chicago. Right. What um, bird room? What's the bird room? Don't you guys have a bird room at work? No. No. Where, like a room full of birds. Oh, they're called aviaries, I believe. An aviary. What does she do? Lawyer. She's a lawyer. Right, okay. It's I... like some fancy WeWork fangled idea to de-stress people or something. That's exactly right. It's a room okay. full of birds at work. It's a kind of a corporate perk. Okay. I would like to know maybe a little bit more about this friendship. Like, what, why are they going on this walk? Has it been planned for a long time? What's their backstory? I think it's more like, um, you know how uh, uh, people just hanging out over lunch, they sort of say, oh, what's on your bucket list? And someone says, Ben Nevis. But then one of them takes things very literally and then starts to organise it. So uh, Teresa uh, just immediately organises it and puts Sorry, it in Sorry, are you the... saying Teresa? No, no, Chariza. It's a, it's a, I've invented that name. I think it has a kind of certain je ne sais quoi to it, a certain, mm. certain panache mm. and mm. joie de vivre mm. and... And um, what's her background? What, what is, is it, or is it, cha- you know what, it might oh, be... Is it Chereza? It might be Chereza. Chereza. Maybe okay. it's Chereza. So, is she, has she got quite a posh background? Is she... Yeah. Maybe, if, if you think that's how you would like to play it, I mean, this is up to you to kind of co-create. So if you want to be a kind of um, disgraced heiress kind of thing... Wait, you haven't fleshed the character out then, you've mm. just thought of a name. She, uh, yes, yes. So they're probably quite posh. Let's go with that. Okay. Yes. And the horse polo thing, I think you should just scrap. I wouldn't even roll with it's that. It's a backstreet horse polo match. I can't ride a horse. I don't know about you. No, no, but it's a ridiculous idea anyway. But I think they're betting on it. I mean, the friendship thing, I can see potential there. Chicago doesn't make sense. Scrap it. I think you guys uh, need some direction here, but I'm well, more than happy to, you know, I've done some writing. I'm happy to collaborate on that with you. But the friendship and the pact, I think you could be onto something. How about we reverse it? How about two friends are at the top of Ben Nevis and they make a pact to go to Chicago, but because of their backstreet horse polo match, they get fired from their jobs as 
bird room maintenance operatives at a law firm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You need no. to rewind about no. 30 seconds. Like, I think the Ben Nevis, the friendship, lovely. Yeah. The making a pact to go to Chicago. I think that's great. But the horse stuff, the bird stuff, I would just, I would yeah. it. I don't think I it's completely very, agree. Yeah. It's a key moment, though, the bird room. Opening I mean, the, the door, bird room I, could I, work, but you're going to have to really give it more power. You can't just say that they're bird One, if they're that posh, they're not going to be bird room attendants. And two, I get the whole WeWork thing. I do think it's getting a bit daft, all the perks of providing. So I could see that as a bit of a satire. Um, but then, you know, what, what genre is this film? Is it satire? Is it tragedy? I would go back to the drawing board with this. Mm. I think it's got some potential mm. and then some areas that probably should never be made into a film. No, yeah, um, I, I agree. I would go to the mountain, go to Chicago and maybe find a more realistic reason. Maybe you should talk to some females about friendship when you're writing it and yeah. their motiva- motivation and to help you like get your characters okay. thrashed okay. out. Have you ever spoken to women about your ideas or do you just kind of pull them out of your heads? I haven't. We've you spoken to women. Spoke, have we spoken to women? Because um, that research is key. Probably step one. Yeah. yeah. That, yes. Two friends have a quarter-life crisis on Ben Nevis, see horses walking past, jump on them, play horse polo, and have this idea for bird rooms. I, I just think you need to stop Luke, now. Yeah, think yeah. about the mountain. Think about Ben Nevis. Ditch the horses. Maybe put the horses in another film in the future. Yeah. So that's a maybe. Let's, let's, let's move on. I think this next one... I... How exactly do you know Jilly from the drama barn? We... Um, we asked her to connect with us on LinkedIn. It's pending. It's, it's pending. pending. Sushi class. Paula teaches us how to make maki. Sorry, I didn't actually... I, I heard the word sushi and then the rest kind of just got lost there. Sushi class. This one, just to say, this one worked really well when we did it in the park. Paula teaches us how to make maki and emphasises the importance of a high-quality knife. Sushi class. Yeah, I, I don't understand what you're saying. Are you offering to pay for us to go through a sushi class? We, as part of it, you might learn some sushi skills. So all we'd have to do is turn up and someone would teach us how to make sushi and then we'd leave. Well, and then you, to camera, unfold this narrative of Paula and get into her character and, to camera, teach us how to make maki, specifically focusing on knife skills. What's the why? What's the why? Well, sushi has to be made. It doesn't make itself. This isn't a, um, a film. This is more of a actual like MasterChef-style documentary. I, I don't understand, to be fair. I've watched several sushi-making videos, and I always feel that there's just a lack of a narrative arc in them. You don't really understand the character's motivations. You don't really... That's because it's, uh, that's because it's a sushi video. Mm. People aren't watching... People... What? So you think there's a problem with the, with the, with the format itself? Yeah. And what, what, is there something else we could do with Paula, maybe? I, I think this is just a sentence that you've read out to us. I don't think it's a film. No. So I think that's probably the end. A maverick harpist has a confidence crisis after her head embarrassingly gets stuck in the harp while performing for the King of Spain at a wedding. She okay. has to go back to her roots and build her own harp from scratch to regain her confidence. Sorry, pause. How does she get her head caught in her harp? The usual way. The standard way. I 
I'm not familiar with how people get their heads caught in halves. Would you like us to demonstrate? I mean, yes. Uh, I, I, I would like you to demonstrate. Would you like you use your arms? As, as as the I'm harp. the harpist. Yeah. Like no, this. no, no, no. You're the harp. I'm the harp. Yeah, yeah. So thus. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, straight through, straight through. It's between the C and the E flat. But she's quite good at the harp, right? She's excellent at the harp. So is she an alcoholic, maybe? I'm not sure why that would happen to her. Why not? Well, maybe if she's an alcoholic, she gets really wasted. She's carried away with the performance. Interesting. And then it's like her rebuilding her life via building this harp. Have you ever seen a, have you ever seen a harpist okay. play extremely fast? You know, they get faster and faster and you mm. can't believe they're going so fast. She actually runs out of fingers to be plucking all the strings she wants to. So she starts to use her head as well to pluck an extra string. Is and this she a just Comedy. No. Yeah, I'm. So it's like postmodern postmodernism. Harp. Let me let me continue. See if this piques your interest any further. So she has to build her own harp from scratch. Harp guru Lloyd Grossman. Lloyd Grossman, as in the guy that does the sauces. Yes. And used to be on MasterChef. Correct. Back in the day. Yes. Is he renowned for being into harps, or have you just decided that he's into harps? It's the voice. I think he can really sell the role of harp guru with I'm... his. I'm not sure many people would be familiar with his work. If we got Lloyd Grossman, would you be in? I mean, I am a big fan of the source. Excellent. But I can't play the harp, so that's... I mean, would you pay for me to have lessons to prepare for the role? Like We could buy you a beginner's... A, a, in a charity shop the other day, I saw for 99p uh, an old grade one harp basics book we would negotiate with the charity shop owner for you to go in and read it without buying it yes an hour at a time so as not to disturb the other customers that's right See, i would need longer to prepare for the role like if i want to be taken seriously as a harpist mm. then How i need long? to have some lessons, lessons. unless you get an actual harpist in and then and superimpose my head i love that idea they say you need ten thousand hours to perfect any skill so if we did this idea of you going into the charity shop, reading the book for an hour at a time. You'd only have to do that 10,000 times, and then you could do this film. Yeah, I, d I don't know. Maybe you should pick an easier instrument. Does it have to be a harp? I'm afraid it has to be a harp. I don't see how this works without a harp. Yeah. Would you like to just finish the harp story? I'll, d I'll just rush through the last bit. So, um, harp guru Lloyd Grossman trains her in the punishing craft of harp making and demands that she live as a harp for 100 days to fully understand the needs of the instrument. After a multi-split screen training montage in which real harpists enter every cinema screening the film to play live, one harpist per audience member, our hero is ready to build a harp. She chooses as her materials paper, pure iron and plastic beads. As she sits down to start construction in the harp factory, the film ends, teasing a nail-biting sequel post credit scene shows Grossman meeting with sentient harp baddie Oprah Winfrey. Sorry, you've just introduced right at the end Yes. Oprah Winfrey as a baddie. A sentient harp baddie. No one would believe that Oprah Winfrey could be bad, so that's the initial problem right there. That's the big twist. And I just didn't, I mean, I didn't see it coming, which I suppose on one side is, is a bit of a twist, like you say, but it just got a bit bizarre towards the end. I liked the ambition, but um, yeah, I think you need to maybe pick out some of those ideas and just focus on the key story. What if uh, Oprah Winfrey, the sentient harp played by Oprah Winfrey, was in the background the whole time, so it wasn't as big a surprise? Wait, who's playing a harp? Multiple people are playing the actual instrument, including potentially Kate. 
Yeah, so there's a bit of confusion here, which Adrian, I think we need Sorry, to Sorry, I don't understand what the problem is. You, you've you've explained um, the concept of playing the harp. That, the idea. And also playing a harp. Playing a harp. So it's, can, I you, see. can you All right, rephrase so, that, please? <laughs> Oprah Winfrey is playing, is acting as a harp. Oh, right. I thought she was actually, like, plucking a harp. No, no, no. She can't play the harp. So she's in a giant... Would you know she's um, Oprah under the harp costume? No, she doesn't speak. This is just silly. This is just nonsense. Yeah, would not... you not see a film in which Oprah Winfrey played a sentient I mean, harp? I would see it, I but I wouldn't really watch it. that film. I just wouldn't want to partake yeah, in it. Yeah, I'd go and watch it. But... I really hope you guys get funding for these because they do sound bizarre. I feel like I must be missing something. There's some kind of like extra dimension here that you guys are Thank you failing much. to communicate, oh. surely. Uh, here's one where we haven't cast anyone yet, but would love you to be in it. Does it have a beginning, middle and end? Because I'm, I'm still looking for that, to be honest. I, I will structure it in that way. Um, I'll, I'll explain the beginning and middle and the end and see what you think, okay? Does it have a script? Yeah. Well, it has a template for a script set up with lots of uh, act headings. But the words are still forming in the artistic ether. And there are two columns in the spreadsheet for this one so far. So, Horatia. Beginning. A story told entirely in flash forward. Horatia is sitting in a cafe, imagining her future life in the army, which she has just signed up to. Every three minutes, we flash forward and see Horatia's training, first taste of active duty, retirement, embalming, and return as an undead monster. I'm, I'm gonna pause you. I was really into that for, until you got to the embalming. Oh, like it suddenly went much. from being maybe like about a, a journey. I liked the fact that it was a woman. I presume it's a woman joining the army. Mm-hmm. I thought that's really good for the landscape. And then it turned into some kind of horror. Well, yeah, so I don't see it as a horror. I see it more as an um, action drama, mm. an action dramedy. Yeah. So, um, yes, she's undead, but it's not scary. It's, it's sad. It's poignant. Did she die while she was in the army? Is that the... Well, because of the flash forwards, we don't see that. But uh, you, as the audience member, you know, um, you can respond to the character how you want. So you'll see a lot of yourself potentially in Horatia. And when she dies and comes back as, a, as an undead monster, you might say, well, I imagine that it was because of uh, a broken heart or because she fell off a cliff or because a helicopter landed on her. Now, whatever's personal to you. Whatever's personal to you. And that's kind of the magic of, uh, of, of this every, every person character. Could that be a post-credit sequence or is it a separate film? Should I just... think it could be a pre-credit sequence and also um, in the lobby after the movie people could hand out little booklets which have uh, a little extra lore from the universe. I think pop-up Have you books. thought about a sequel? I mean... Yes. It could be... I mean, you could end there and the next one could be another film. Interesting, interesting point. I have an idea for a sequel for this one which is that it's the same story but with a person that has a different name. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, well, let me, let me give you the end of this. So, um, retirement, embalming, return as an undead monster, then middle, her capture by Dr. Freund, and then you see the moment that he, that, uh, he or she uh, activates the hypno-crown. The what, sorry? The hypno-crown. What's a hypno-crown? So, in order to control uh, Horatia the undead monster, 
she can't talk anymore because she's a, a sort of a monster. So he needs to place a kind of uh, metal and circuit board crown. Okay, no. Okay, hair. this is a no, no, no. A hypnocrown. The thing is, you had. I quite liked the film, even with the um, embalming and the monster. I thought this was the best one so far. I'm going to be honest. And then if you ended it there, I was like, it's promising. It's not perfect. I probably wouldn't want to be anywhere near it, but it was the best one I've heard so far. And then it went into another film. We're on to a different film now. This is a new pitch. Yeah, you're going kind of in polar opposites and that one film will just be a sentence um, with no context whatsoever. And then you've got about eight different films in one. Flash forward, army, um, retirement, embalming, undead monster, captured by Dr. Freund, hypno-crown. <laughs> Dr. Freund, this is ridiculous. And finally, Horatia's glorious election as prime capitano of all Scanditania. Again, it sounds like election. you've written a dream. You have written, you went to bed last night and you had a dream about the army. No. No. I feel a bit disappointed because I really thought there was promise in like the first maybe... The, the bit with the fast-forwarding, the army, um, I thought that was great. Yeah. You ha- I was actually leaning forward into the idea, and I thought, this is great. And then, no, you just, you just went wrong. Well, I, I, listen, I really appreciate the feedback. I love it. Um, part of this is learning for us, too, because we're, we're on our journey. If I sent you the um, sketchbook that I've compiled with all of my notes and uh, costume designs for this movie um, potentially you can have a look and give notes on that I mean the sketchbook itself is A1 size so I could deliver it to your work and you could just carry it home on the tube or whatever you need to do I do have a wobbly coffee table that I could do with like evening out (laughs) I thought you meant put it on top no sorry Um, I'm not sure I've got that much time Micro Cottage, Buenos Aires Dawn. What's a micro cottage? It's a very, very small cottage. About this big. So about that's the size of your thumb. About the size of my thumb. Maybe Imagine slightly smaller? Possibly. Does anyone live in this cottage? Great question. The micro cottage materialises in Argentina, and Selma and Jackie, two micro friends, must uncover the mystery of the dog-filled anthropological museum. So I zoned out during that entire <laughs> like pitch there, so I think that might be reflective of what people in the cinema might also do. Next. January is declared Stay Indoors Month. People hate January. People wouldn't want to watch yeah. January on the screen because they want to get away from January. What if it was all indoors? Yeah, okay, I'm leaving. Thank you. Me too. Um, thanks. Um, okay, uh, thanks, thanks for your... We'll Thank call, you about the day job. We'll can, so we'll send, you, we'll send you the materials Please don't waste then. anyone else's we'll time. Uh, um, Please don't get in touch. Delete my number. I'm aware of my GDPR rights. Big meeting. Could have gone better. It could have gone better. Look, we've got to take it on the chin. I respect their feedback. You know what the problem was. You brought a Yorkie bar as a snack. You didn't offer any to the actors. I actually forgot I had it and it's melted a bit. Let's re-strategize around Yorkie bars. Let's buy lots of Yorkie bars for the next meeting. It was a duo. Share big meeting with your friends. Reviewers are saying it's fun and cool. They're not though, are they? Has anyone actually said that?